Welcome to the Nature Connection podcast, dear listener. This podcast is for the wild people of Earth yearning to come home to nature and to themselves. In this podcast, we'll explore ways in which nature and ancient Earth skills can enrich modern life and how it can support our well-being and the regeneration of our planet. I am your host, Sanne Giesen, a Nature Connection ghost, herbalist and regenerative leadership guide with a background in psychology. With this podcast and my business, The Wild Roots Guide, I hope to support you on your journey to build resilience through deep nature connection and coming home to yourself and the more than human world. In today's episode, I'm really honored to welcome Melissa Kreis as our guest. Melissa is an expert when it comes to emotional regulation and how somatics, community and nature connection can influence our lives for the better. In this episode, we'll dive into the importance of emotional regulation, benefits of spending time in nature and the power of permaculture and community. When you have the opportunity to listen to this podcast outdoors, feel free to leave one earbud or earbud out so you'll be able to hear the podcast and also hear the wonderful soothing sounds of nature. And you'll get the best of both at the same time. I hope you enjoy. Before we just hit record, you guided us to a wonderful, wonderful soothing practice. And I thought it would be really nice to start off the podcast this episode in this way will you guide us through that wonderful practice again so the listeners can taste a little bit of your magic and also start this episode feeling really nourished and grounded and connected absolutely i would love to um so i just if it feels comfortable for you i think this is done best with your eyes closed but can be done really anywhere simple gratitude and breathing it's my bread and butter. So this can be done anywhere, but if you are able to just close down your eyes, just begin to connect with the part of you that feels grateful for being here. The part of you that feels grateful for the sunshine and for friendship and for learning new things and making new connections. I just invite you to touch the center of that gratitude. Bring your awareness and your attention to that space that feels grateful. Now I invite you to send that gratitude out to the beings in your space to the rest of the listeners of this podcast, to the oceans, the sun, as always. And now I just invite you to connect with your breath by taking a deep breath in through the nose and out through the mouth. Breathing in through the nose. And releasing out through the mouth. The last breath in through the nose. And release 
with a sigh. You can open your eyes wherever you're at. Thanks for joining me with that mm. again. <laughs> Thank you so much for guiding us through that. It feels like such a wonderful way to, I think all connections, all meetings, all every, every time we connect with another, we should start by like synchronizing in this way. It feels really powerful. So thank you so much for guiding us through this. And also thank you so much for being on this episode. Uh, we, of course, connected to the um, Govan uh, Mastermind uh, from Sarah. And for me, it was love at first sight. I love I love your energy. I love what you do. <laughs> I'm really happy to uh, to have you on here. Yeah, uh, it was definitely the feelings mutual that Kevin was amazing. And the first time I saw you, I was like, oh my gosh, I know her. Ah, this wonderful woman. Mm. It's interesting how those things work. And Sarah, it's such an amazing, magical thing to together a group of like-minded folks are all madly in love with nature which of course mm. before we dive in today can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and about your work and how you become passionate about being an emotional regulation coach and of course your connection to nature so i am melissa uh melissa grace and i little bit about like my professional history. I have been a nurse for over a decade, but I've always been connected to kind of the healing arts and the more alternative spaces. I got to coaching through, I actually took a nurse coaching course, which is just for nurses to learn coaching. Um, and kind of I'm moving away from nursing. I do hospice work like two days a week, which is helping people through the death process. But my true love is really helping people access their magic and access like their full being. And in order to do that, we have to face some of the more uncomfortable dark parts of ourselves um, that feel really tough. And, you know, I went through a lot of childhood trauma and teenage and young adulthood. And, you know, my parents were traumatized and I didn't learn these skills of emotional regulation that we learn in relationship with our primary caregivers. A lot of us didn't learn that in modern day. You know, a lot of us are struggling to to feel that baseline that humans were meant to feel, which is regulated and connected. And so that to me is just like, oh, I love working with people at that point of really helping people learn how to come home to their body and their self. And as far as nature goes, like that is human nature, in my opinion, that is like the epitome of human nature like nature as like, you know, being outside and trees and grasses and all of that, that's not separate from us. And that's not separate from human nature. And we cannot be truly regulated without being with our kin, with our brothers and sisters and cousins and our, you know, that's just, um, yeah, I love, I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. And I think something I notice often and I hear it in your story as well, is 
humans transforming their biggest obstacles into their biggest gifts uh, which they keep on giving to the world so thank you for turning your the things you had to learn by yourself um, into a gift of the world and that's really powerful and I just want to say that um, although I didn't have my parents I and I didn't necessarily have community I was wounded in community I never did it alone I always had someone some others helping me guiding me in some capacity so I just want to speak to that and also letting the listeners know that like hey it takes relationship and for parents as well I can imagine parents listening like oh goodness what I'm doing to my child and it really takes a village in mm-hmm. um, I recently heard an interview with John Young and he shared that indigenous tribes um, around one child, they have 36 adults listening and caring for the child. And here we are in our modern times doing it alone or either with uh, with, with two caretakers or maybe an extended family. But yeah, you're doing one heck of a job and there always are more people involved uh, by raising mm. children. And of course, also with us, uh, my grandparents had a had really a great deal to do with my upbringing and I, I was needed and I'm so glad that they are they were there and I'm also so glad to hear Mel that you had other people around you that that were able to care for you in different capacities in different ways you mentioned emotional regulation how would you define it because I'm not sure if it's a term everyone is really familiar with uh, what are the key benefits and yeah what can it teach people what can it bring to people to the collective So emotional regulation to me is, as I kind of alluded to before, but I believe is the natural state of humans. The, the, when we're regulated, we are able to connect to our, all parts of ourselves. When we are regulated, we are able to make decisions based on what we find right, other than impulsive decisions. So Emotional regulation is really a dynamic state in which we're able to feel and process emotions and then able to to come back to a baseline and not stay in that activated state. Because an activated state like anxiety, fear, anger, um, they have a purpose like sadness. All of these activated states have a really specific purpose and they're very beautiful teachers But the difference between being emotionally regulated and not is that when we're emotionally regulated, we're able to feel, we don't, it's not that we don't have feelings, but we're able to feel, process, and come back to center. And what what distinguishes someone who's regulated from someone who's not is that they generally have a very difficult time or are unable to come back to center. That's a really important topic then to to learn or a mechanism to learn. what I hear is almost like putting a pause between a reaction, like an, an an impulse and your reaction, because you find that centeredness in between and allow for all the emotions to be seen and to felt or to be felt, but not respond on them per se and try to come back to center uh, mm-hmm. instead of acting on uh, these emotions. I think that's that's very very important and very needed in this world where we with our minds often in high beta uh, states we can really easily slip out of that regulation I feel and this like has the huge implications of imagine if our leaders 
were regulated. Imagine if people in general were more regulated, what decisions would be made? You know, that's on a global, like bigger scale, but then even back into your own microcosm, your own life. If you are regulated and able to make decisions from a, a space of like centeredness and sovereignty and freedom, then you're making decisions that are based on your magic, your potential, and your purpose versus triggering and you know like like what the heck do I do which I have been there done that it's like totally understand but they're they're very different paths and so yeah it's super important how have you seen this learning this impacting your life but also the life of your clients can you share maybe like a personal story or a story of a client yeah so you know just generally with me and my clients, um, it's kind of, even if the emotions are different and the people are different, the patterns are generally very similar. And you, my clients often are very high achieving, very like go-getter people who just have this part of them that feels stuck or unworthy or not, um, like unsettled and they don't know why and they're not sure how to figure it out and there's disruption in their life um some people come to me with relationship issues like they're just not getting along with their spouse they feel something's wrong they lose their temper or um yeah m most people just feel really stuck and um unsure why and anxious lots of anxiety in people lots of this like like angst that they don't know where it comes from and what to do with it. Um, the it's a, it's a process. The emotional regulation is a, a process. It's not like someone comes to me and is like, oh yeah, but it's this process of to returning back to that center and really returning home to yourself. I'm not sure if that answered your question as much as you wanted. Yeah, it really shows them. I think it's very relatable, the things you share that you, but also clients have experienced um, and also what emotional regulation can do to uh, find some freedom in that and create some space and also the depth of the work. It isn't relationships or responding or reaction alone. It's also what I'm hearing, like finding a sense of clarity, finding a sense of grounding which the world really needs. So this was really a clarifying answer. Thank you so much. Something I'm really curious about, because this is, of course, a Nature Connection podcast, is how do you view the relationship between nature and emotional regulation? I know you touched upon this a little bit with your intro, but maybe you can elaborate a little bit more. I love this. I love, this is the best subject to me. I love this subject. Um, like where emotions and nature or humans and nature intersect which again they're like one and the same we are a part of nature I like to use the circadian rhythm as an example because it's just such a powerful example and I think one that's poorly under underutilized in today's world especially given that we have our technology and we're you know our, our hours are crazy we're not um we're not really following the sun but I love this example because the when the sun rises, right, there's different spectrums of light that are present the first few hours of, of the day. And those sunlight spectrums tell your body to make hormones. 
and they tell your body, oh, it's daytime. Let's make these hormones. Let's get everything going. Um, and throughout the day, the different rays of light tell your body, you know, okay, it's this time now do this. And so there's this dynamic interplay between your well-being and your ability to really function. Cause as we all know, hormones are incredibly important. It's not just hormonal, but speaking in this context, we, the dynamic interplay between nature and humans is we can't live without it. So how can we regulate without nature? You know, we were, we are wired to be in non-human created nature. We were, are wired like our very essence, the way that our cells run are to be with the sunlight are to be on the ground is to be in deep communion with nature with the foods with the waters with the animals and so you know as we further ourselves from that communion we are going to see deeper states of unrest illness dysregulation you name it it's just the way that we are wired i love that you picked the example of the circadian rhythms because that's that's really powerful there is a saying not sure if it's french or from a uh, like a famous person but uh, humans were the only species intelligent enough to invent the light bulb and stupid enough to actually use it um, <laughs> that about sums it up which which sums it up because yeah. nature intelligence it's amazing they are doing a um, very large research on uh, the human uh, microbiome uh, in mm. the gut and they're following people that only eat well-crafted food for a year and the early results are in and they are astounding uh, we already know that nature not only through the circadian rhythms but also through the food it offers it offers the exact things we need at the exact time and they're now also showing that it has the potential to restore our gut health which is also one of the major issues we have at this time <laughs> sometimes it feels so simple like just get your ass uh, out of the house <laughs> lay in the sun eat wild foods um take off your take off your goddamn shoes um <laughs> and all will be well it's not that easy but if you master these basics you've got 80 percent covered yeah it, it isn't Again, I love how you say it's not that easy and that it isn't easy to change our habits, but really the answer is so much more simple than we think it is. We as humans, that light bulb example was so hilarious because it's true. We overcomplicate it. We're all, we need light. Like, yeah, you need light by the sun and by the moon. Otherwise, yeah. you know, you don't need it. You need to go to bed. Yeah. But it's really difficult in modern life. It's really, you know, I, I don't want to, um, I don't want to bypass people because like, yeah, you, we live in this life, we have to make money and there's just so many, um, yeah, our society, it's hard. We need that community. So I really understand not being able to make those changes. Um, mm -hmm. That's where, you know, emotional regulation is like one and the same as physical health and nature and because it's really interwoven but like you said it's not it's super important not to bypass how much effort and dedication it takes we're recording this through uh zoom so we're actually facing 
our blue screens while telling you this, knowing it and knowing that little steps like going outdoors first thing in the morning can help. It can really help you to take power back. Mm, Absolutely. Absolutely. Are there any specific practices or techniques you use, you love, you recommend for cultivating that emotional regulation? Because I really feel that it could even help to put people back into connection to the whole, to nature, to themselves. I'm really curious about your favorite practices and Mm. techniques. So I can use this to just show people my day. And really, um, as we were talking about, it's it's not just this like emotions are separate from this like physical nature reality we live in. I, in order to be regulated, I get outside first thing every morning. First thing every morning barefoot. I don't look at my phone. I don't look at my screens. I actually have an app on my phone to block apps that I don't want to be on. I can't get on them until a certain time, 9, 9 a.m. my time. So um, I try to wake up with the sunrise, although I'm pretty far north. So it gets light early and I'm like, it's a little early. But I do try and get outside, you know, first thing in the morning. I exercise. I am a big fan of yoga um, and I try and do that outside. And then, or I go for a walk to the beach. I'm really fortunate enough to live in such a beautiful area and and can go to the beach. I do, I get my body moving because that helps stagnant energy move, even emotional energy. When you move your body, um, you're able to sometimes move some of that stagnant energy. Um, For me, it's a must every day. And then I always eat a big breakfast. Um, I'm a huge breakfast person. And I get enough protein and I make make it at home. You know, I've been fortunate enough with my diet and having access to beautiful farms as I learn how to grow my own food right now. Um, I still have access to beautiful farms because I am not producing all my own food and just like beautiful, fresh, seasonal food. These seem all physical. This isn't like emotional. But to me, if I don't do those things, I become irritated. I get triggered way more easily. And so those are like, like kind of how I stage my day or like, you know, flow my day out. Um, But then I also, I was thinking about this question and um, I really like to use the elements. So like embody the elements, like, and for me, the way that my life is, I have, as everyone probably does, a busy life. I came into a teenage niece this past year who I'm raising, you know, doing running my business, trying to do permaculture, um, a fixer-upper, hospice nursing, try, you know, trying to build community. I'm a busy gal. So I like ways to integrate regulation techniques in the moment. And so using breath as wind and fire to cultivate, you know, presence and regulation and using like movement throughout the day, like whether it's putting on a song and embodying that water and that earth element and really like allowing myself to connect with nature in that way too, as I see the elements flow through me and as I embody them, 
I feel so much more regulated when I am able to mentally connect to earth in that way and my practices. So those are a few things that I do on a daily basis. It really feels always like, it always feels like a nugget of gold when people share their own personal practices, especially morning practices, because they really profoundly can impact the day. And also putting on a song and letting technology work for you as you share with the app. I think that's an amazing way to handle the the modern world to let it work for you. I think these had so many amazing ideas and inspiration. I hope you listeners pick up on one or two, give it a try, see what works for you. Really powerful. And you mentioned your garden, and I know you are working on a secret permaculture garden. Is this mm-hmm. is this what you touched upon, or is this something completely else? Because the moment you mentioned secret permaculture garden, I was like, you need to tell me all about it. You need to tell me. <laughs> yes, this is one and the same. So if any of you are familiar with permaculture, you know that it's not a overnight, like go buy soil from the store and you've got your garden, which there's no harm in that. (laughs) Start where you are. But permaculture is about relationships and learning those, relearning those relationships as a modern human takes time. So my secret garden, um, which is what the name for my garden is, um, really the vibe I'm going for is the way that my house is. I live in a like mountains, a beautiful mountain range to one side and the ocean to the other. Gorgeous. But the way that my lot, I know it's so, the Olympic Peninsula in Washington, it is so beautiful. So amazing. But my house and my lot is set that it's like kind of enclosed, right? So there's not views. So what I really have in mind is, you know, creating this food forest and this lush um, garden where people step into and they're like, where am I? Like, what is this place where they can come and I can bake a pie from my back window and be like, have a have a slice of pie <laughs> with you know all local ingredients like handmade um from the farm you know from the permaculture but really where people can gather and where people can feel recharged at um and i'm lucky enough to have like uh almost half an acre which i think hectares is what you guys use i don't know how that translates but half an acre is it's decent. It's decent. Like I have a decent amount of space. Um, it's not a huge plot of land, but um, I'm going to be able to have a food forest and have chickens. And um, we want a great water system, a rainwater catchment. Um, I would love to do like some sort of habitat restoration here as well. And so, yeah, that's my little secret garden idea. Mm, I love it. It already sounds amazing. And also really love that you address permaculture as a way of being in relationship because I think that's one of the most powerful things permaculture has to offer to relearn the relationship to relearn our place in a system and how we can how we as humans actually can help a system to thrive 
And I think community is also a big part in it because you're mm. sharing, like people coming in and opening mm. the doors, baking pies. Is this something you have a wish or a dream for in the future to also build a community or? Mm. Yeah, community building is like, so this is, uh, I feel like a little teary-eyed about it just because I had so much trauma I had to work through. Like this was a dream in me, but because of the unprocessed emotions, I was not able to really go there. And community building is one of my purposes on this planet. I am finally able to like, I'm in the baby stages of community building. Like it is so new for me. I did not, you know, I don't have much experience in it, but little situations are starting to unfold and I'm able to say yes to them. You know, in the past it was like, holy shit, I can't handle this. Like I'm not able to even handle my day-to-day life and stay present. And now as I've done this work of becoming emotionally centered and regulated as my triggers are not controlling me anymore. I'm able to say yes to those opportunities and it's becoming more and more clear that that is my role. One of my roles here on this planet is to build community. So yeah, it's, it's a huge dream of mine and it's starting to, to unfold. So wonderful. And I totally see you doing this. You're such a vibrant big-hearted person so I just see you planting driving communities I'm really curious to see how it will unfold in the future this is definitely something I see you I see you doing and it's also interesting that when we build our own capacity to find this freedom from from triggers big emotions addictions um we 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 free up so much energy and we free up so much strength that we can actually have the capacity to care for others i think this especially for people in in a caretaker role whether this is professionally you working as a therapist or a coach or a nurse or whatever or raising a child Mm. we need this we need to find that community sense of connection regulation these are the the things that maybe hopefully one day make the the world a brighter place again i think it's really you touched on something really important to distinguish there was that you said need and a lot of the times we confuse need and want and like there's this murky but I think you made a really great distinction in that this is a need. This is not a a can have it like no this is this is a need like a basic need the community the connection the re- regulation. So I think that was really important and I I'm glad you said need because I think that was spot on. Yeah, I agree. And I think it underlines the importance of having a morning practice like you shared with us by really taking the time and and realizing that you will become a better parent, a better spouse, a better business owner, a better co-worker, a better person for yourself when you mark this as a need and mm. and act on it the the gathering the will and the inertia and 
you know, but also gathering the support in order to support that willpower and that inertia. Yeah, so important. Definitely. The time of us doing everything alone, I think we're done with that. <laughs> we're done. That's that is so hard. Oh my God. It is. It is so so I I said this before, and you know that I took in my niece. And so all so I've had her for a year. She, um living with us. She's 14 now. And I've been reading all of these parenting books, right? Like, like trying to just like, Lord God, help me someone. I don't know what I'm doing. And I picked up this book. And I think you, you cited that study earlier about the way indigenous people are raising their kids. And it is called Hunt, Gather, Parent. It's good. you Oh, That's a good book. Even for people who don't have kids, I mean, I feel like this is a prerequisite to having kids because this shows you another way that with community, that's how children are raised. That is how parents are not burned out. It takes a village isn't a saying for a reason. Yeah, it you is. Know? I will definitely include this book in a show note because it, I touch upon nature as well as caregiving community raising children raising ourselves reparenting ourselves as well it's gold it's gold you've shared a little bit about permaculture and of course i'm well aware with permaculture i'm living on a permaculture project but can you share a little bit about how you view it and what we can take of it when we look at our well-being connection with the natural world ourselves or communities so yeah permaculture I think permaculture is an iteration of what some, I don't want to say all, I'm just talking about some of the natives that I've studied. So, you know, I don't have a lot of access to native people, but it just seems like the way that a lot of the natives that I admire used to live. Um, so it's an, it's a modern iteration of this. And we went over that, you know, permaculture is really about relationship, like how, how do these things work? Some of our ancestors were so connected with the ways that the world worked, like braiding sweetgrass changed my life. This is what really got me interested in permaculture was braiding sweetgrass. I was like, there's another way, like people live so interconnected, have lived so interconnected. And she goes into this story about these natives um, in a, just you know, a few hundred miles from where I live um, on the Oregon coast who would like welcome the salmon home and they would let the salmon pass because salmon have to swim upstream to spawn and they would let salmon pass for days before they would eat them and they would, you know, turn their, their like fish, the bones back upstream so they could find their way home. And all of this, like, created a really rich ecosystem based on just their observations and their connection to the world. Like without these humans, the ecosystem wouldn't have been as rich. I think that that's to me what permaculture is all about. It's about embracing that like sure humans have been destructive in their history, but that isn't really, that's like traumatized human. That's like triggered traumatized human humans who are embodied and regulated 
seek connection, seek ways to bring more life. And that like, that really is what, what humanity is about. So I really think humanity is about reclaim uh, humanity. Permaculture is about reclaiming our humanity um, as much as it is about reclaiming, you know, our place in nature and, and reclaiming our community with one another. And so, um, yeah, I, that's a far more <laughs> like, like, ooh, uh, description of permaculture like there's like the practical nitty-gritty of like designing a system and getting the community involved and like but you know that's I feel like a different conversation <laughs> it's one of the best descriptions of permaculture I've ever heard like <laughs> for real um, <laughs> thanks I really love that you address it as an iteration or a modern take on native knowledge on being human um, because this is really how it feels for me. It really feels ancient and not something an Australian, I'm not really sure if it was a dude or a woman, invented dude. in the 1970s. It was a dude, of course. But yeah, oh, yeah. totally. Yeah. So it's, I really love how, what you share. And I I think we share a similar story in that breeding sweetgrass also it, it ignited something in me uh, to see someone to put to words so eloquently something I feel so very deeply it has changed my life and the, the relationship yeah. she shared with nature her personal stories the story she she shares about community native people it's really it's life-changing and I can imagine that the power must it must feel so much more tangible if you have those communities living so close to you and really connecting back yeah. yeah thank you so much for sharing that wonderful wonderful description of permaculture i think we should like frame this somewhere really <laughs> well thank you <laughs> we also talked a little bit about community and the importance so how because you're you're working on this how do we create inclusive communities that feel nurturing and supportive and that really promote this emotional well-being and foster this kinship uh, which yeah. we're really longing for yeah so this question is huge again I would I would consider myself a baby in community building like in my heart I'm the youngest of six girls and so I grew up in a community of sorts. And I think in my past life, I had my some iterations of my past life, I was very involved with community. And so there's something in me that gets it on a really, really primal, instinctual level that like building community. And so what I'm doing and what I'm seeing works is one like, you know, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? you need community to heal and you need to heal to really create and call in that community, which aligns. My first thing to say about this is depending on where you're at in this, this, you know, spectrum, but if you are like still caught in your triggers, if you're still caught in your emotions, which there's no shame in that, there's no shame, not your fault. Like it's what you learned. However, this is the best place to start if you are at that place where you're caught and your triggers and you're really you're stuck in those emotions. I recommend finding someone 
to help you work through those, you know, a coach, a space holder. Um, some people therapy, like modern therapy usually doesn't touch those parts. So, you know, you can try that. It has its place. But um, I found that like really working with someone a little more unconventional and that's a good place to start because even though you're not building community per se, you are building relationship and trust with another human that will help you further on down the journey. If you're further down the journey, you continue that path and you just start to say yes to opportunities, you know, putting yourself out where you want to be, going to the workshops, going to the events and um, reaching out to people and So that's like an on the ground way, but in a more like ideological kind of, you know, ethereal way, I think we really have to maintain regulation and make sure that we maintain a sense of love and a sense of um, deep care for ourselves and a deep vision, like a deep respect and reverence for our vision and for others. Because Again, if you're back in that triggered way, it's going to be really hard to come to community in that way of respect. And and that's what community is all about, right? It's about cultivating respect and connection. You're not going to agree with everyone. People are going to trigger you always, no matter what. But do you have the tools to, to then process and take the time that you need and be able to come back and show up in community in a way that's like edifying and just for all? So that's where I'm at, you know. Uh, I, in my hospice job, am falling into this kind of this opportunity to like team build, which is really community building. They really desperately need healthcare needs, team building, and I am kind of falling into the role. So stay tuned. I'm really excited about this. This will be my first formal community building situation. That's such a potent opportunity, both for you uh, as well as for your co-workers, because as you say, healthcare lacks community. It's a demanding job especially at a hospice where you um, actually are like that doulas navigating a really important part of human life which is dreaded by many people it's important and it's it's good that they seeing this as an opportunity to yeah put you into that community creating position and really make those those things move and get those things moving you shared some really potent things about a community starting at yourself, starting with yourself, starting from that point of regulation. And from there on, you venture out in the world. And I really feel that this is a continuous dance. We see uh, when being in connection to the world, we constantly need to come back to ourselves. We need to, we are outward focused, inward focused, outward focused, inward focused. And this dance helps us to stay connected to ourselves and also stay attuned to our community around us and like you said something i've um, noticed i've been living in a an off-grid community for over a year now and it's like having a relationship with six people and they all three or the shit out of you yeah (laughs) yeah it's yeah um it's amazing if you have the capacity to uh, work with those triggers because it's the same as having owning a business, running a business yourself, it is an opportunity for transformation and growth if you're able to 
if you have the capacity to grow with it and otherwise it will be just triggering you until you feel miserable Mm, Um, but it is once it clicks you've got this support you've got this bigger nervous system around you which is really nourishing it's for me it feels primal it feels what the world Mm. needs we need to have people around us that we can go to if we want to hug go to if we want to if we 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 want to talk with someone go to for connection see different reactions have different kind of communication styles which we can learn from it's so transformative but it can also be hard so if you're struggling with human connection i see you uh it's something we also have unlearned in our society the hyper individualism goodness yeah we're good at that right yeah and and to our detriment it's not it's not again not anyone's fault this is like a systematic worldwide now global phenomena where a lot of us are living so much focused on ourselves because we're taught to focus on ourselves and um yeah it's again as you were saying it's it's a lot it's a lot to come back into community after that and it's so understandable and we see you yeah definitely something I find fascinating is that our biggest I wouldn't say issues because that makes it too heavy but that our biggest subjects in life they're really tied into each other they are becoming in regulation having your nervous system like really centered really balanced out uh, being able to withstand storms as well as being connection to other humans being connection to nature um, and if you look at um, the biggest subjects or the biggest issues of our times, they are all connected to either one or all three of these. Um, mm. So whether you're working on it's potent, it's needed, mm. it's important. Yeah, ditto, sis. Like, I, I know I, I was listening to some of your other episodes on your podcast and I was like, oh my God, we are, we are soul sisters. Like <laughs> this work that both of us are facilitating in our own way. It's, it's medicine. It is medicine of the really blessed to be in this conversation. Like this has been an amazing conversation so far and to, to be sharing this um, journey with you as a space holder, but also as someone who needs your medicine as well. Likewise, likewise, Mel. It's so wonderful to connect with people that share similar values, have a similar mission in life and Mm. to be vulnerable in the process and to connect on such a deep level i really feel we're restoring ancient bonds and that god knows who or why we connect through this wonderful medium called the internet which is just a modern miscellaneum if you ask me so mm-hmm. grateful for it um, but it has its place also <laughs> it has its place every everything well i did just want to say one thing about everything in its place um, that I feel like, you know, everyone hates slugs in the garden, right? Nobody likes slugs in the garden or bugs in the garden. Like you will hear, you know, gardeners curse the bane of, of insects eating their plants and eating their food and like, oh, they're slugs. But like, you know, slugs decompose, like without slugs, they, they fulfill their place. And that's the same thing with like technology 
and even hyper individualism where we've been disconnected for, from community. If we can just, um, if I can begin to plant this seed, if you don't know already that like your coping mechanisms, your way of being the way that we have adapted to the circumstances that we've been presented with, they all have their place. Maybe we are only focusing on the destruction of hyper-individualism and the, the breakdown of community and, and, but like they're there because we are intelligent creatures who know how to adapt to circumstances. Um, so I just want to plant that seed in you that like whatever you're experiencing, the ne- negative emotions or triggers or whatever it is in your life that you're like, you gross. I don't like this. I don't want this. Like, I just encourage you to um, allow this seed to maybe germinate that like these things are here for a reason and a purpose. And just like slugs, just like worms, just like bugs in the garden. And that, yeah, balance is possible. You're beautiful humans, like, and your ability to adapt is so, so beautiful and beyond your wildest dreams and that these responses that you've had are intelligent and they're they're there to teach you reach out reach out to someone find someone to help you process i promise you will not regret it that's such a wonderful addition to acknowledge and to also celebrate our adaptability because we're talking about these the things we do as there are something bad, but they brought us a lot actually. And I find it interesting that you said slugs and bugs because within permaculture, um, there is an exercise where you make a list when there is, for example, a pass and you make a list of the pros and cons of having a past and always the pros win. I work with a shamanic teacher uh, who was rooted in Russian native traditions. Mm. And she shared with me that the way they look, for example, at illness or dysfunction, they also make a list and they thank the thing for all it brought us. Our most stickiest bars or most most dysregulated bars of ourselves, they have us so much to offer. And like you said, there are wonderful practitioners there are coaches there are space holders that can help you work through it but the only way to really work through them is to celebrate them as well so thank you so much for that wonderful seed you planted there finally i'm really curious to hear what advice or recommendations you have for listeners that got really curious about for example emotional regulation permaculture and nature connection what are your personal favorites podcasts Mm -hmm. everything so i made a list uh we talked about two of the books braiding sweetgrass i mean if you're looking to really touch on i would say the essence of permaculture because it's really it's not a book about permaculture but it's the essence of the connection, the interconnectedness, the modern, how do, where's our place in this world? How do we come back and come with, not just, you know, leave behind, but we have, you know, how do we integrate the whole? It's a beautiful book by a a Native American woman Mm -hmm. who's also a botanist. She's just wonderful. Another book that's been really influential in my thinking about 
like nature. And this one's far more heavy, but uh, it's evolutionary herbalism. It's, you've read it. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> it's really good. I, you know, it was my first book I read about herbalism and I love it because it really weaves in the different traditions of like Western and Eastern and shows astrology and shows how they're all interconnected. Um, and all of Saja Popham's work is really, he's the author of evolutionary herbalism and he's got the school of evolutionary herbalism. It's really a beautiful bridge between all these like esoteric knowledges and like modern grounded yeah, I'm almost finished with his course, um, Astro Herbalism, Astrology and Herbalism. So I practice astrology and his take on astrology is far more like earth and seasonal based, which is actually how Western astrology looks at astrology. It's based on the seasons, not based on necessarily just the planetary bodies. So something that I really love to do is forage. It's a really great way to get connected to the world around you and get curious about what's happening. I love food. I love to cook. I'm a foodie. So this was one of my first ways that I really started to become curious about the world around me was through foraging. A few years ago, I bought this book, Wild Remedies. Um, it's a really, it's a great beginner's guide to foraging absolutely love it. There's some recipes in it. Wonderful book that, um, you know, it's a practice in emotional regulation when you observe the world around you, when you use your senses to engage in the world. That is a form of emotional regulation. Our nervous system is not just our own. We actually have a nervous system that is attuned to the outer world and responds to the outer world, our fellow humans and our fellow beings. So when you engage your senses with another being um, that you can taste, smell, feel, look, listen, use your spirit, um, you are going to become co-regulated with that being and with the beings around you. I said Hunt Gather Parent. That one's a great book that is um, based on this journalist who has lived among, well, she's stayed among different indigenous communities, modern indigenous communities, modern um, hunter gatherers. She says there's about 5 million still on the planet, people who are hunter gatherers. And we're like, have this idea that they're completely decimated, but 5 million hunter gatherers, that's still a lot of hunter gatherers. So mm -hmm. like, Let's use it as hope. <laughs> Those are a lot of potential teachers for... A lot of potential teachers. And they're yes. holding that space, you know? They're holding that ground for us. It's not totally lost. No, it's never yeah. totally lost. Our, our bones remember. There are people that still remember. The earth remembers. The trees remember. Mm -hmm. And then the last book is yeah. Gaia's Garden. But it's a basic... It's like a... 101 permaculture. Um, it, it's not a permaculture design book. You will not learn how to permaculture design as I'm finding now. <laughs> I have had to get other books and now I'm trying to find someone to hire um, to help me design. But it's a wonderful, wonderful introduction to permaculture. Mm, great one. Uh, I will put that on my list as well. And then there's two podcasts that I've been listening to about permaculture. You know, your podcast is like what I would probably recommend to people who are looking for that intersection of like emotional health 
and like nature connection. So um, your podcast. <laughs> um, Thank you. You yeah. make me blush. <laughs> the Permaculture Podcast and the Modern Homestead are kind of what I'm listening to right now. Great ones, both mm-hmm. of them. Really backward mm-hmm. um, information, but also uh, fun to listen. Mm-hmm. This was an epic list of recommendations. I always find it so nice if people that become interested in one of the subjects we cover have some tangible things to try on for themselves, but also to dive in deeper. So this mm. really completes our wonderful conversation. And I I am so inspired by it. By it. I feel so energized uh, by listening to you. Uh, you have a wonderful way of explaining things so eloquently, so tangibly. So thank you so much for sharing more on emotional regulation and how it ties into the bigger picture and all the wonderful things you are working on to make this world an even better place. Yeah, just um, again, like gratitude for you for holding this space and for inviting me and just gratitude to everyone who has listened. Thank you so much for your time and thank you for your your being. I know you do wonderful work with clients to get them into that state of regulation. And I think you offer such a wonderful place for people that want to work in, on them and want to work with an experienced coach that can help them uh, take the steps in their process. So I can imagine people wonder like, where do we find Mel? Um, <laughs> where where can people connect with you? Yeah, so um, I have my own podcast, which is so funny. When I was looking at your episodes, I was like, we're doing something kind of similar. Um, like, you know, seasonality, like just really like connecting with nature, um, which is the Sacred Springs podcast. And um, that's how you can find me on Instagram. I'm sacred springs coaching and um for now those are the two platforms that i am on and yeah so i would love to connect with you guys i think uh if you are interested more in what like coaching looks like and i like what somatics look like and all of that because that's really one of my main modalities um but as well as if you just want more content like nature-based content into your digital life like i highly recommend um giving me a check out and a follow Mm, i will definitely include all the information in uh, the show notes so if you got interested in mel's work and want to connect to her wonderful wonderful energy she's such a vibrant big-hearted human being what an amazing garden. Thank you so, so much, Mel. Thank you, listener, for joining us on this wonderful conversation. I hope it inspired you to look at emotional regulation through a lens of nature, communities, permaculture, and see the bigger picture and also see how you can take baby steps and be have some, some grace and some gentleness for yourself. You're doing, you're trying your hardest. We see you and step by step, we're making the world a better place. 